Our world is made up of dualities. It always has been. Tall or short, black or white, fast or slow, up or down, good or bad. Similarly, every human has some semblance of duality in both masculine and feminine energies. And while they can't always be seen, both are equally important to our inner harmony and well-being. And there is definitely something magical about feminine energy that is so often overlooked, underrated, or downright neglected in modern society. Throughout history, womanhood has been associated with weakness, sacrifice, codependency, oversensitivity, and emotionality. And even in modern society, whether you identify as male, female, or non-binary, we continue to live in a world where feminine energy is suppressed and masculine energy is glorified. I mean, I think we can all agree that in today's world, we tend to be more dialed into a get more done mentality, constantly on a mission to achieve more, do more, get more, assert more, and be more. Masculine energy translates into qualities like drive, determination, independence, aggression, competitiveness, and confidence, which I think we can all recognize as pretty essential traits for succeeding in today's world. And don't get me wrong, these are not bad traits. We need them. In fact, these qualities have probably allowed the amazing women that you can think of to become CEOs, business owners, public figures, and leaders. But feminine energy embodies something a little less revered. Feminine energy depicts the nurturer, the healer, the creative, one of feelings, of morality, passivity, and peacemaking. So while the masculine energy is focused on doing, the feminine energy revels in being. And according to today's guest, Dr. Tracy Palmer, the value we put on masculine energy has led us to lose touch with our real power, our divine feminine energy. And because of this, we are often left feeling frazzled and depleted without truly understanding why. Tracy believes that because we tend to prioritize masculine over feminine energy, the key is finding balance and achieving our own unique harmony between these two types of energies. Fatigue, perpetual hustle, and energy depletion don't have to be part of your story. In fact, there are many ways to embrace and prioritize your divine feminine energy so that you aren't left feeling drained and unfulfilled. And today, Dr. Tracy is sharing tangible techniques for managing your life and divine energies so you can start taking back your life, your divine self, and most importantly, your energy. So, are you ready for a wee spiritual awakening? Okay, grab yourself a cup of something delicious and let's dig in. You're listening to the Workshop Weekly Podcast, the show where no dream is too big and no topic is too small. Around here, we believe that taking imperfect action rules. So we're creating space for you to dive in and fast track your success one workshop at a time. Now, refill your coffee cup, 
Grab your notebook and get ready to join in on your weekly training, listen to meaningful conversation, and learn from industry experts. Here's your host, Kelly Lawson. Hello, Tracy Palmer. Welcome to the show. I am so excited to chat with you today about all things women's health and specifically about women's energy levels and about hustle and all these good things. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. Thanks for having me. So I know that you're a naturopathic doctor in Rosse with a particular passion for women's health, but why don't you introduce yourself to our audience in your own words? Yeah, I'm a naturopathic doctor, as you said, out in Rosse. I've been out there since 2012. Prior to that, I was a registered nurse in St. John. And I just have a passion for helping women create the vibrant health and life they deserve. That all sounds super good to me. So what led you to be so passionate about women's health? It kind of evolved over time. I would say as part of my intake, I just have a, I think women are more maybe attracted to naturopathic medicine. So I was seeing a lot more women. And then part of my intake would be, what do you do for yourself? Or what do you do for fun? And I was getting really astounded at the consistent answer I was receiving. Usually it was three different answers. One would be just dead air, like they had nothing. Two would be almost like a chuckle, like how that's hilarious that I would do something for myself. And three would be they would say they go to the gym. And so as I was seeing that more and more, I was just getting fascinated by it and also starting to see it in myself. I have a four-year-old son. And so after having a son, I just sort of started seeing, you know, my husband, who's like very supportive and involved, was managing to maintain hobbies and do things that he was doing like hockey and playing music. And I found myself like, geez, yeah, you know, what do I do for myself? I was very immersed in work and being a mom. And that's kind of how it really got fueled because I just feel like it's an epidemic and I think we can start, you know, changing our narrative. That's interesting that you call it an epidemic. And the whole time you're talking, I was nodding my head because I thought, yeah, I actually don't really do anything for fun either. It's kind of like work and look after the family and sleep, repeat. And in my mind, I think I maybe decided that this would be temporary, but for a period of time, I don't have time for fun. That's the first thing that gets cut, I guess, is maybe how I should put that. And I have a funny feeling that a lot of listeners are also nodding their heads saying, yeah, actually, I don't really do anything for fun either. Or if I do, it's like the first thing that gets cut when life gets busy. A hundred percent. And I think that's a lot of the pushback I sometimes maybe receive is just it's like another thing to check off the list, right? Like, where am I going to find the time to do that when they're already feeling maxed out? Absolutely. And from back in my occupational therapy days, the whole model of occupational therapy is based on sort of the three main things that we do as people to occupy time. And it looks a bit different depending on like where in your development you are, but it was always like some semblance of productivity self-care and fun or play or whatever that is. And it sounds to me like as adult women, that third of the pie is getting wiped out completely. So I find it really interesting that you said your partner who is male was able to maintain hobbies in his life, like hockey and things like that, while you've cut all of hobbies and fun and entertainment more or less out of your life. So can you talk a little to the gender divide that you notice there? 
Yeah, I think there's, and this is sort of the one key thing I want women to take away from this is, first of all, it's not our fault. I think this is a message culturally we've been receiving for a while. And so it's just sort of ingrained in us. And I think it's a culture where it's honorable as women to dismiss ourselves so others in our lives can do what they want. Like often, you know, we get patted on the back for that. Also a a culture where sort of this masculine energy of busyness and productivity is valued more than some of these sort of feminine traits of rest, connection, reflection. And I think a lot of the time as women, we just get exhausted because of A, that chronic busyness and doing all things for all people and and leaving ourselves to the last or if even in the mix at all. I think that's essentially why. Yeah, it's interesting because I know I see it all around me. And I guess sometimes I thought maybe it was just more prevalent in the entrepreneurship space, but we definitely, or at least in my circle and networks, we definitely glorify busyness and productivity over things like you said, things like rest and relaxation and reflection and connection. And I don't know how that happened. And I don't know if other people are noticing it too, but during COVID especially is when I noticed that most. Like, why are we valuing the hustle over these other things? Yeah. And I think it became really apparent for women during COVID because it's more kind of in your face of juggling, you know, working from home, the kids were from home and just realizing how much of that can fall on our plate. Even when we have supportive partners, right? We're tired more often. And that's in the research, like women will complain to their primary caregivers of fatigue far more often than their male counterparts. Yeah. It's an interesting thing because somehow as women, We take a lot of ownership for things that aren't necessarily our responsibilities alone. So for example, if somebody came into our house unexpectedly and the counter was full of dirty dishes, I would immediately feel the need to apologize for the state of our house while Jeff wouldn't even notice it. He doesn't even care, you know? So in a way, he's like, well, that's kind of not my problem because I don't care about it. So usually when I'm saying things like, oh, you know, you didn't want to put the dishes in the dishwasher, he's like, oh, well, I will, but like, there's no hurry. And in my mind, I think like, well, that reflects poorly on me, which is nonsense. So I think to your point, there are a few of these gender roles that we're still living up to even in 2020, which is crazy. Yes, exactly. I think, yeah, pressure we put on ourselves, maybe with that sort of comparison piece that I think even sometimes our brains just working differently. Like I always like to give the example of, you know, I work a Tuesday evening. So I used to on Sunday or Monday, you know, spend my time making two meals prepping because I wanted my husband and my son to eat well when I'm gone on that Tuesday. And it's like, if it was the other way around, my husband would have to you know, fed for yourself. She's grown. She can cook that meal. So it's like sometimes we're putting stuff on our plate that maybe doesn't even have to be there. But I did too, just want to clarify, like these feminine and masculine traits we're talking about, it's almost like in yin and yang of traditional Chinese medicine, like it's not gender specific. It's just these states of being that really both male and female should have a balance of both to feel our best. But I just think right now, when you think of those things like productivity, to-do lists, you know, that is definitely more of just like the masculine energy. Whereas that, like you said, the rest, 
connection, femininity is just sort of sometimes being lost in the mix. Yeah, and somehow not being glorified to the same standard. I mean, when I scroll Instagram, I see people hustling and, you know, using that word a lot and and photos of laptops and of them working and things like that over seeing posts of somebody resting or connecting with people or maybe not being present on social media at all because of those things. I want to interrupt for a quick sec to tell you about a product that I've recently come across. I have never been a fan of wearing pantyhose. Most of the time after one wash, they would pill and tear. And honestly, it always just felt like an enormous waste of money to own them. Then came Sheertex. The strongest pantyhose in the world delivered right to my door in the cutest little box. Their fibers don't exist anywhere else on the market. They actually miniaturize the fibers used in bulletproof vests to create a knit just as strong as the people who wear them. You basically have to be Hulk to rip these things. And they have quickly converted me into a person that raves endlessly about my shears. I don't want you to miss out. So head over to kellylawson.ca slash sheertex, S-H-E-E-R-T-E-X, and use the code kellyslawson10 to save 10% on your new pair of shears today. So Tracy, tell me what can people do to get closer to finding balance and looking after themselves and maybe not glorifying the hustle quite so much? I think number one, I think that if you're talking to women, one of the first things they'll say that's kind of holding them back from this is just feeling tired. So one piece of that is just to keep in mind, sometimes there are physiological reasons why you're feeling tired. and. So that's important to chat with your, you know, primary care practitioner about. But let's just assume that, you know, you feel tired, more tired than you think you should. You're not doing the things you would like to be doing because of that. You go get that investigation and we'll just assume you're told everything comes back normal. So then what? And I think the one thing that people could start with is, and I love using this example of just like sometimes as women, we're more prone to looking outside of ourselves for answers, like searching on the internet or asking our doctor or asking our friend, when a lot of the time our body, if you slow down enough and actually listen, is giving you keys on what to do. So one simple example is if you're tired, you should rest. And it sounds so simple, but like you said, if that's not being valued, if you get home and you're tired and you see the dishes on the counter or you, you know, have to go run that soccer practice, whatever that is, we're less apt to do it. And some literature will tell us just how much should you rest. And it actually says 42% of the time. Wow. So that's like almost half. Yeah. So <laughs> if we kind of break that down into a day, that would be, yeah, about 10 hours. And so... Rest is going to include sleep. So say you sleep for eight hours, that means two more hours should be spent resting. But I also want people to take away rest is going to look different for everybody. I kind of try to use rest as an example of rest, just having two hours where you're not in autopilot, Mm -hmm. meaning you're not running through all those things in your head that you normally feel like you should be doing. So that two hour time could be simple of just like, half hour of eating mindfully, sitting down, chewing, tasting, enjoying your food. Or for some people, if you're more of that extrovert, you know, maybe 30 minutes of that is having lunch with a friend. 
For some people, that might be their exercise. You're resting in that you're not in autopilot, but you're doing something that you enjoy. You're out for a walk in nature or you're going to your hit class with your friends. So rest isn't just meaning sitting on your couch. I think rest can mean sleep, but also taking two hours of the day where it's you're not just running in that auto mode. You're mindfully kind of doing things that can fill up your cup. I would love to know statistically how many women could say, yes, I spend two hours a day doing either, you know, something that means rest for me. Do you have any idea? Oh, I have no idea, but I would say it's like few and far between. Yeah, I have a funny feeling that everyone listening right now is thinking like, actually, there's definitely not two hours in my day where I'm doing something that's just solely for me. Yeah, especially without guilt. Yeah, so it's time to change this. <laughs> yes, yes, this is what I'm saying. Yeah, it's time for us to change this way. Like this doesn't have to be our way. I just think women, we deserve so much more than feeling tired all the time and, and not doing things that we want to do. Yes, leave those dirty dishes on the counter. They're not going to hurt anybody. Exactly. So trust your intuition, get some rest and schedule your productivity hours to include doing things for your family in, it sounds like, a 14-hour period because 10 hours we're going to spend either sleeping or doing something that is just to fill our energy centers. Exactly. And I know already some women are like, yeah, that all sounds nice. But, and I would just say, this really isn't something that we should be doing. You know, that would be great if all things aligned. You really, it's a need or else eventually you are going to start feeling it, right? And that's when, again, our body's giving us signs. And it already is if you're tired. Totally. So what else? I would say equally as important as rest is play. And this sometimes is like a hard word. You know, people think of kids playing and we lose this as adults a lot, I think, especially as women. And that's that piece of just doing something for fun. And the real key with this is I think, too, we lose sight of what does fun mean? Does that mean I have to take a big trip and laugh the whole time? And I don't think it has to be that extravagant. It's just really finding those things that give you joy. They can be very simple. But the key is it shouldn't be tied to an end result. So it's not like I like running and I'm going to do it because it's going to help me lose five pounds. Yeah, it just shouldn't be tied to an end result of maybe it's something you're making money off of or anyway, I'm having a hard time thinking of examples, but it just really is for the point of you just enjoy it. Right. So something that's not connected necessarily to an end goal, something that you're just doing purely for the enjoyment of doing it. Exactly. And so it can be really simple. I mean, I think the classic fun example for me this winter was now my son is the age where, you know, he's going sliding down bigger hills. And I went sliding for the first time and just like was having a ball. So A, it costs no money. B, it's still, you know, with your family or, you know, and even this summer I went tubing or, you know, just it can be simple things where it's like, wow, this just feels good in my heart. This feels good. Yeah. And so make time for doing it. I know like as an Enneagram type three, I think about things like sliding and tubing and my brain immediately goes to that's time that could be better spent doing something else. So what do you say to people when they get caught in these mindsets? Like how can I coach myself to convince myself that 
it's fine to spend half a day sliding or tubing. What types of, I guess, self-talk do we need to implement to prepare ourselves for this? Yeah, I think once I was told like what's so unproductive about rest. So, Mm -hmm. you know, even if your brain is still thinking in that productivity mode, research says you're going to be less stressed. You're going to be more focused. You're going to be happier if you are taking those breaks. Even if your goal is like productivity, you could probably double your productivity by taking these little brain breaks. Yeah. Research is definitely coming out that play is just as important for our health as rest as, you know, the food we eat. And I think it's a huge way to de-stress. Mm-hmm. Totally. I think it's time to like schedule in time to just do nothing. Like sometimes for me, that's what play is, is like, have nothing in the calendar and just do nothing, read a book, you know, just have no commitments. I feel like that could be fun. (laughs) Yeah, it actually, that seems like over restrictive, but I find doing just that, like the more I schedule things, the more I can feel liberated. So then you sort of know, no, this is playtime because I already slotted my work time. I used to feel like I lived in a perpetual Groundhog Day. Every Sunday, I would need to sit down and take time to think about what I would cook for the week, make a list of what groceries I would need to buy, and then go spend hours at the grocery store collecting the ingredients, sometimes needing to visit two or three places to find everything I needed. And still, we felt like we were eating the same meals over and over. Enter HelloFresh. The meals are pre-planned, the groceries are gathered, and everything I need to prepare delicious meals for my family is dropped off at my door once per week. We are discovering new delicious recipes every week. I am getting the hours of meal prep time back. There is no food waste. And best of all, every meal can be prepared in just 30 minutes. Visit kellylawson.ca slash HelloFresh to check out some of my favorite meals and save $40 on your first box. That's kellylawson.ca slash HelloFresh. So, okay, we're going to trust our intuition and get more rest. And we're going to make ourselves play or have fun or do things that are just merely for fun a lot more because it'll make us so much more effective when we are in our productive hours. What else can we do? I think as a naturopath, I have to talk about food or else, you know, it would be strange podcast, maybe. So one of the other things I would say is just eating properly for more energy. And as women, the number one thing I would say is actually eat enough. So I see so many women skipping meals, either that A, they're working and so they're just hustling all day and they don't take that break for even lunch. The other thing is, or I've seen women even like feeding their kids, the kids are having a great meal and they're not, they're maybe like feeding their kids and they're doing the laundry or they're, you know, vacuuming. And so one is don't skip meals. So eat enough. And the other is just eating for proper blood sugar balance. So that just means sort of reducing your refined sugar and three things we want to have at each meal. So one would be protein. So best off is going to be things like your animal protein. Paired with that, you want some good fiber. So ideally coming from lots of vegetables, fruit, maybe beans and legumes or your whole grains. And lastly, with each meal, you want to pair a little bit of healthy fat. So things like olives, olive oil, some of those fatty fish like salmon, sardines, mackerel, you know, a little bit of cheese, nuts and seeds, things like that. So if you eat for proper balance and have those three things that should keep your energy more stable throughout the day and and try to prevent some of those energy crashes where you're craving things like refined sugar, you're craving things like caffeine to, to give you that pick me up. 
Okay, so when you talk about proper eating and eating for energy and making sure that you eat your meals, are you talking three meals a day or how should that look during the day? Yeah, I think in a basic sense, definitely usually three meals a day. I think this is another classic example of where we've been so programmed to look outside of our body. So it's like all of these diets or meal plans, you know, saying these specific things. But I try to teach women too of just listening to your body. Are you hungry? Are you full? But for most people, you're right, that will fall into those classic three meals. If you're hungry in between, that's when you can have a good snack too. Okay, so you're an advocate for snacking between meals because I've heard (laughs) some people say, stick to your meals, don't snack in between, that'll throw everything for a loop. Yes, and all that is silly. So I was saying, if you're hungry, have your snack. If you're not hungry, then you may have had enough of that like proper blood sugar balance meal that can hold you through to lunch. But again, listening to your body and what your body's telling you. Mm -hmm. So if we're snacking for energy, what should we choose for snacks? I always go kind of by that same simple principle. So things like a lot of the time we reach for nuts and seeds because it's got that fat, excuse me, to keep you fuller longer. Something like veggies and hummus. So getting again that fiber that's going to keep you fuller longer, you know, whole grain cracker and cheese, piece of fruit, any of those sort of things. Okay, so I'm going to try to be better at that this week. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I'm not very good at that. I definitely skip meals and then I get home at the end of the day starving and I will definitely eat half a bag of Doritos at that point with a glass of wine. I'll try just for you not to do that this week (laughs) and for me too. (laughs) That's right. No guilt and no judgment. But yeah, definitely when you do skip meals, you do, you get those hangries and then we're going to reach for those quick fixes, which tend to be those tasty things like the Doritos. (laughs) Yeah, they're a little irresistible sometimes. So (laughs) I digress. The other thing that I wanted to ask you about is just kind of around the whole busy being a badge of honor. And how do you think that we can start to change that narrative a little bit so that we can begin as women to re-embrace or, you know, embrace in general the notion that rest and reflection and connection are every bit as valuable as being productive? Yeah, I think if we embrace just that more feminine being, then you will start to see those increases in energy because it's part of us. It should be part of our rhythms, like our us as women, we move in cycles and so should sort of these energies and just sort of similar to kind of what's happening in cultural is like with that yin and yang, it's like you need that balance. So if you're going too much in one way, you're going to do it at a cost. And so if you're having these sort of symptoms, I feel like it's very unlikely that you're pushing in this masculine dominant energy predominantly and not feeling the toll. So I guess I don't know how to say it other than it's a natural way of being to embrace that feminine that's got lost in that cultural and and we just need to recreate that narrative and you're going to feel the benefits. Absolutely. So Speaking of collective of women and changing a narrative, you have a program coming up. Yes, I have a program that I'm very excited about that's coming to our local area. So St. John Rossi called the Wild Collective. And the Wild Collective is a women's health program geared at very much just reclaiming that wild feminine energy. And so tell me what that looks like. 
What it's going to look like is a group of women that will come together and there's sort of two parts of it. So there's the curriculum piece that's built to help us feel more empowered by getting to know our bodies more, what we should expect, what's the normal. I have so many women that didn't realize it's not normal to have bloating all the time or didn't realize it's not normal to miss work due to your periods, didn't realize what the optimal value of your thyroid function and things should be. So part of it is really just an empowerment piece of getting to know your body more. And then that's just going to put you in a better position to have sort of health discussions with your health team. So that's part of it. The other part that I'm most excited about too is it is a group of women. So it's getting a group of women together to share their stories, to learn from one another. I think there's so much value when women do that. And it doesn't happen enough. I think part of this too, of this epidemic is that it's a silent epidemic. You know, women aren't telling everybody they're tired, that they're having a hard time keeping up this pace, you know, because we all think the other women are doing it just fine. So why shouldn't we? And I think there's so much to be gained from embracing this vulnerability and having that discussion. And again, like super cheesy, but like women can transform by doing that, like magical, powerful things can happen when you get a group of women being authentic and honest and sharing. And I think ultimately that ripples, right? That it ripples to their families. And so I think by getting a group of women, you can literally change the world. Have you guys seen my new website? It's pretty gorgeous. And if I know you, you're probably feeling like your website isn't as good as you'd like it to be, and you're struggling a little to find the perfect solution. Well, my friend, I have some advice for you. Get a tonic site. Until I discovered tonic, I was on that struggle bus too. And my tonic site has forever changed the way I show up online and in my business. Tonic sites are completely customizable, they're code-free, and built with all the best marketing strategies in mind. It's time Time for you to have a site that looks just as good and probably even better than others in your industry so you can finally stand out in a way that's perfectly unique to you. And today I'm giving you that extra little nudge that I think you've been waiting for. Save 15%, that's up to $200 on your new site. Just go to kellylawson.ca slash tonic site to find your perfect site and use the code kellylawson to save 15% on your gorgeous new site today. When does the program start? What does it cost? What's the time commitment? Yeah, so I guess as far as details, there is going to be information session. So you can, if you join on my, I guess my Instagram would be the best way that you can link in because I'll be having an information session September, it's a Thursday, 17th, I believe. And that will give you all of the details, but it is a 10-month commitment. So we get together once a month for 10 months and we go through sort of different curriculum and different sharing each month. And the cost is going to be $4.97. And spaces are limited, usually to about 20 to 24 women. And it is a program that's been offered all throughout Canada and the U.S. And it sells out every time. I'm just really excited that the things that come out of this and women the other key piece of that reclaiming your wild and wild such a sort of intangible term, but really all that means is just like our wild feminine power. The more we're in touch with that feminine energy, our intuition, that gut instinct, the more we're in touch with our true self. And I have a feeling that this is nothing new. Oh gosh, no. 
And that's what I mean. I've just like been astounded over the eight years how often I hear this story. And I think that's just where I was like, okay, I've got to A, start shifting my own story because I don't think this is what I want for myself. And B, time to start shifting. How can I shift the women's stories in my communities? Because I just feel like women deserve to thrive and we have the tools to be able to do it. Absolutely. And so how do you yourself, Tracy, how do you find balance in your life? Like you're a mom and you're a wife and you're a naturopathic doctor running your own practice. How do you achieve this sort of divine balance in your life? It's a constant work in progress. I do love the idea of scheduling. I literally schedule myself these times. Because if I don't, and I'm sure you can relate, like I love my job, so I can definitely get carried away into thinking that's my fun, Mm -hmm. but just wanting to be a more well-rounded person. So I've just been starting to think, you know, what are things that I used to do pre-meal that I'm not doing now? Or what are some things that I think I would like to try? So I got your photography course. (laughs) I did your photography course. I've just recently taken up mountain biking with some of the B-Rad crew, the local area here. I've been trying to make a more effort to connect with friends, really trying to, you know, ask for help. I think that's a big thing that we don't do as women enough. So, you know, saying to my husband, you know, I need time on Tuesday. Can we make that happen? And realizing that a lot of the time they'll say yes, or even if it's not your husband, asking your parents or whatever support you have, or just thinking, what else can you delegate? You know, what are things you're doing on a regular basis that you don't like? For instance, I have conversations too, like about cleaning, you know, if that's in your budget, can you delegate that? So I guess long-winded answer, it's definitely a work in progress, but I now make it a priority because I just think it's a more fulfilling, happier way to be. Absolutely. And how has your life changed since you've made fun and rest a priority in your life? Just more joy, more good times with friends, more energy. I was definitely not immune, even as a naturopath, from feeling that fatigue after having a young child and being an entrepreneur. And I think the benefits are really sort of endless. Awesome. I'm definitely guilty of assuming that my work and productivity is my fun because to your point, I actually really love working and what I do. And so I often kind of slip those in together when maybe that's not actually true because on the other hand, a lot of what I do requires me to be rested and on my mental game and on my physical game as well, especially when I'm carrying camera gear around all day long. So I think it's an interesting point to be made that you don't get to count work as fun. That doesn't count. Is that what I'm hearing from you? Yeah, I think you're lucky and I feel very lucky when we do get to sort of count that in. But I do think it's good to, again, that's still kind of to a goal, right? So it's not really that fun because that's what I used to do. I would maybe go for a run, but I'd be listening, you know, to a business podcast or (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. So as always double dutying, as always being super efficient, super productivity, it's still, yeah, if you go back to that key definition of fun, you should be really just doing it for the sake of doing it and because it's bringing you joy, not because it's going to, oh, if I listen to this one more way of how to get my email list or I listen to this one more way 
of how to block my time. So you're still kind of not being mindful in the moment. And I'm talking from my experience. So the other day, it's like I forced myself to, I was running and I put on, because I used to love music and going to live music was a big part of my fun. And of course, live is a little bit more challenging right now, but I just put on a big playlist and, you know, I caught myself literally in the middle of the trail dancing. And I was just like, you know, you can't wipe a smile off your face. And I think those are sort of those moments of just trying to capture. And that's all fun has to be is just like trying to catch those moments and appreciate them. It is no secret at all that I love to shop. When I find something I love, I buy it in every color and I live in it. Generally speaking, I dress for casual style and comfort, but I also invest in pieces that go with everything else in my closet. I guess I'm a lover of leverageability in all areas of life. I get asked a lot where I got my clothing items and I try to tag these products as I post them online. But for those of you that want to get a better look at what I'm adding to my capsule each season, head to kellylawson.ca slash mystyle. I'll add the latest and greatest fashion items as I find them and link to the best deals I can find. So make sure you check in regularly and happy shopping workshop warriors. And thinking back to the things that you used to do for fun, when you mentioned that, I think about when I lived in my apartment by myself and I would just play music for the joy of listening to music. And now it's like either on in the background while I do something else, or it's not exactly something that I do just to enjoy the music. It's usually in conjunction with something else, either cooking dinner or driving to my next appointment. Yes. Well, it's interesting you bring music as the example because. That was such an aha to me that it's like, okay, time to make a shift was music was like, I mean, a big part of my pre-sun life. For instance, Dave Matthews band was like my all through my high school, my band of choice. Still to this day, I know every single lyric of just about every single album. And I realized like, and my husband still has that. He knows every single lyric of all kinds of new music. And even though I always listen to music, It's just in the background. And I think my brain was always thinking about something else, right? Like what's next on my to-do list? And I wasn't hearing lyrics. And that was one of the first things that I was just like, ah, like I have to slow down and be a little bit more present because it was a little bit sad to me that I'm hearing all this new music, like Frazee Ford, for instance, listen to her all the time. Love it. Don't know a word she was saying, you know, and Mm -hmm. that was just a big wake up for me. So now, yeah, I'm happy to be a little bit more in tune with music again, because those are those things that, for me, bring a lot of joy. Yeah, that's so funny that you say that, because this is something that my husband actually makes fun of me for, that I never know the words to any songs, but I know what they sound like. And usually I kind of make up what I think the words are, but it is definitely a thing. Now I'm going to pay more attention to that. (laughs) Yeah, that won't be everybody's gauge, but that was like a big indicator for me. Something I wanted to get back anyway. Yeah, when you think of those things, like, and that's what I say to women, you know, what aren't you doing that you used to? And music was a big one that got lost for me. Yeah, and I'm sure that there's many people listening that are like, hang on, what are the words to that Lizzo song? (laughs) (laughs) So Tracy, what is one thing that listeners can do today to get a little bit closer to, I guess, getting in touch with their divine feminine energy? 
I think that that is a good one to lead with because I think a lot of our partners maybe are having something. So I think it's just if you can take away anything is to put yourself in the mix. I know for a lot of women, it might not feel natural yet to say like me first, like I have to take care of myself first before I take others. But I just say women like me too, not the current hashtag me too, but you have to put yourself in the mix. And so I think that is, you know, you're getting your children to activities, your husband's doing activities, I would say, you know, pick one thing. Again, it doesn't have to be large or cost a lot of money that you can do for just yourself with no guilt that ideally has no purpose attached. I love that. And so should we be trying to do that every single day or should we start with like trying to do that on the weekends or three days a week or something like that? I mean, I think it'd be amazing. Again, if we keep it really simple and you're just catching those five joyous minutes, I think it would be awesome that as women, we gave ourselves the permission to do that daily. But if that seems lofty, I think, yeah, just even if you're making that a priority once a week, I think you'll feel the benefits and be able to let it trickle in every day. Yeah. And so even when it doesn't feel right, just make yourself do it because it'll be worth it in the long run. Yes, you'll be more present with your kids. You'll probably be, you know, maybe a little bit more patient. I just think we're so busy doing everything for everybody else a lot of the time that it's time for us to do a little something for ourselves. Yeah, and create those memories because you're never going to remember being busy with laundry and dishes and running to soccer practice. No, yeah, that's what I always say too. Like say this is our one kick at the can, you know, regardless of sort of your beliefs. What do you wish you had done more of and what do you wish you did less of? And I think you would agree, like not many of us are going to say, geez, I wish I worked more hours. Exactly. And now is your chance to change that because you're as young today as you're ever going to be. So don't wait for the right time or the right opportunity to present itself on your lap for when you can take time for yourself because that will just never happen. So make it happen. Make it happen. Tracy, thank you so much for coming on the show. I learned so much from you today. I'm going to start making time for me starting tomorrow, whether I like it or it feels right or not because of you. So thank you for that. You're welcome. Good luck. And I hope you have some fun. Wow. I can definitely relate to the suppression of my own divine feminine energy to make way for my more esteemed masculine side for sure. So as you carry on your own journey of dual masculine and feminine energies, whether you identify as male, female, or non-binary, I want you to remember that taking time to embrace your feminine energy in order to seek your unique balance isn't selfish. It's a necessary act of self-care. In the words of author Elizabeth Gilbert, you are a unique event in the history of the universe. There has never been another you. Not your particular soul living at this particular moment faced with your particular challenges. Your existence is a mystery, a miracle, and an experiment of creation. And you are allowed to examine that mystery to the fullest. Once you accept that, you allow your real spiritual journey to begin, and I can't wait to hear all about it. 
Thanks for listening to the Workshop Weekly Podcast, the show where no dream is too big and no topic is too small. If you like our show and want to know more, check out www.theworkshopweekly.com or leave a review on iTunes. And we'll see you next week for another action-packed episode, you workshop warrior you.